0: You are listening to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Sevierville, where our mission is helping people move from their point of need to hope in Christ. For more information about our church, head on over to severe.church. Today's sermon, The Glorious Morning, is part four in the series, Agony and Victory, The Easter Story, shared by Senior Pastor Dan Spencer. Wow, what a great day it's been already. Thank you so much to our choir, all of our instrumentalists today. And uh, I, I know that we have been singing a lot of truth. And it could be that you're wondering, could it really be that someone like Jesus could really love me? And I'm glad to be one to say to you today, Jesus does love you. It really is true. He really is that good. And uh, I'm glad to be able to uh, proclaim God's word and the gospel to you today. I want to ask you to please find in your Bible Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I've been preaching a countdown to Easter in the last few weeks called Agony and Victory. And we have already walked with Jesus through the agony of His darkest night when He was betrayed and arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. We have uh, watched as Jesus endured all the agonies of His longest day when He went to the cross, all of the uh, injustices, the beatings, the insults, and his crucifixion on that awful cross. And then last week, we listened to Jesus as he hung on the cross in the ninth hour, and he asked to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he gave up his life. Late in the day that Friday, they unpinned the nails that held him To the cross, and they wrapped his body in strips of linen and laid it in a tomb. They rolled a large stone across the door of the tomb, and it seemed that that was the end of Jesus. On Saturday, he is silent. On Saturday, It's not that Jesus was wounded or unconscious. He is dead. They confirmed that on the cross. Jesus is not breathing on Saturday. He is not speaking. He is not with his disciples. He is wrapped and cold and unmoving behind the stone and the seal of that tomb. On Saturday, the disciples are hiding, they are scared, they're grieving. But the women, some of the women came to do one last thing for Jesus. Just as the day was dawning on Sunday, the women came. Matthew 28, 1 says, Now after the Sabbath... As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Now the other gospel accounts in Mark and Luke and John inform us that the two Marys were going to the tomb to complete the custom for burial. They were bringing more spices to wrap in those strips of linen the body of Jesus. And I'm sure as they made their way to the tomb, they were dreading what they were about to see. Because the last time they had seen Jesus, His body was limp and lifeless and bloody. But then, suddenly, everything changed. Verse 2 says, and behold. Now listen, whenever you see those words, and behold, in a narrative in the Bible, here's what you can expect. When the Bible says, and behold, something unexpected is about to happen. Something that you thought was impossible is about to take place. And so verse 2 says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men." Now, that's just awesome. I I have to say a few things about this part, about the angel. Sometimes in Scripture, when God wanted to communicate something super important to people, he sent an angel to say it. Uh, For instance, when a man named Zacharias uh, was Uh, serving in the temple, an angel appeared to him and said, Zacharias, you're going to have a son, name him John, and he's going to announce to the world that the Messiah is coming. Another time, in fact, on separate occasions with Mary and then With Joseph, an angel appeared and said, you're going to have a son. His name will be called Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And then when Jesus was born, an angel appeared in the night sky and told the shepherds, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then joining that one angel was a whole sky full of angels, All declaring that Jesus has come. And so it's only fitting that now when Jesus rises from the dead, there's an angel there to announce it. And this is very dramatic wording. The angel descends down from heaven, flashing as bright as lightning. Uh, Listen, he rolls back that stone from the door of the tomb. And then the Bible says the angel sits down on that stone. As if to say to the soldiers who were guarding the tomb, I dare you to move it. Now, keep in mind, this angel did not roll the stone away from the doorway of that tomb to let Jesus out. Apparently, Jesus had already risen and exited the tomb without needing to unseal or roll back the stone in any way. So the angel did not roll the stone away to let Jesus out, but instead to let the women in so that they could see that Jesus had risen from the dead. And then the angel gives them that announcement in verse 5. The Bible says, but the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he is risen as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I've told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, now remember what that means? Behold, something unexpected and awesome is about to happen. Something you thought was impossible is about to occur. Behold, Jesus met them saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The women left the tomb with great joy. Jesus greeted them by saying, rejoice. Easter is a time for rejoicing. And we've been rejoicing this morning, all morning long, but i want to give you from this passage that we have read, three things to rejoice about today. Are you ready? You don't sound ready. Are you ready? Three things to rejoice about today on Easter Sunday. Number one, we need to rejoice in the fact that Jesus loves broken people. And I say that because of who Jesus chose to see first when he had risen from the dead. The Bible says in verse 1, it was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Now, uh, they weren't the only women who followed Jesus. There were many other women. And yet they all, it seems, had this one thing in common. Luke chapter 8 verse 2 tells us, certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chuza, Herod, steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. What did all these women who followed Jesus have in common? They were all broken when they met him in one way or the other demonized, oppressed by Satan, sick, all kinds of problems. So what we're talking about is a group of broken women who found hope when they found Jesus. And Jesus loved them and received them in spite of their brokenness. And he healed them and he saved them and he he put their broken lives back together. It seems that the leader of the group was Mary Magdalene. Mary, we find out, was an extreme case of demon possession. Seven demons Jesus delivered her from. We can only imagine before Mary met Jesus how broken her life was. It must have been a living hell for her. Before Mary met Jesus... I imagine her out of control, lost, helpless, so broken. I can imagine her with a crazy look in her bloodshot eyes, a maniacal laugh, cursing and ranting. But as broken as Mary was, when she met Jesus, what she found was love Jesus just loved her and we see this over and over again that Jesus loves broken people in fact you may think today that you are too broken for Jesus to love you that you're too damaged for Jesus to save that you've messed up too many times for Jesus to include you in his family. But I'm here to tell you on this Easter Sunday morning that Jesus loves you like that and he can save you from your sin. In fact, we find out in scripture when Jesus steps into your life, Like he did with Mary, when Jesus steps into your life, he forgives the sins of your past. He overcomes evil and he transforms your brokenness into something beautiful. Mary Magdalene is proof of that. When Jesus walked into her life, the demons had to walk out. There was a moment, don't miss this. There was a moment for Mary when she had to come to Jesus with all her sins and and all her issues and all her craziness and surrender her life to his control. There came a time that she just had to bring all of that and give it to Jesus. Have you ever come to Jesus like that? I don't mean coming to him faking that everything is okay. Okay. Or trying to convince him that you're fine on your own and you've got it all handled. I'm talking about, have you ever come to Jesus honestly and said, Jesus, this is me. This is all of my mistakes. Here's my ugly past. Here, here are the things I regret. Here are the relationships that didn't work out. Here are all of my issues, all of my craziness. And I'm just just bringing it to you. And I'm surrendering my life to you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Have you ever come to Jesus honestly like that? Because it's only when we do that, that that He takes what sin has broken and damaged in our lives and He redeems it and He makes us clean And knew only Jesus can do that. And I don't know who it is, but somebody here today needs to hear that. Because you're feeling like you're too broken for Jesus to love. You need to know today, Jesus loves broken people. Number two, we need to rejoice today that simply Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It doesn't really get any deeper than understanding that when it comes to the gospel. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The angel at the empty tomb mentions something in verse 5 that he didn't have to say. In verse 5, the angel could have said, I know that you seek Jesus, period. But instead, he adds this information. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. It's a reminder for us right there that Jesus, who was innocent and perfect and pure and blameless, died on the cross like a guilty man. Question, why did Jesus allow himself to be captured and condemned and crucified on that cross if he was an innocent man? If he could have stopped it, why didn't he? And the answer is because he had to go to the cross to die in our place. It was the only way to save us. And that's good news for us because we all have a sin problem. Did you know that? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because we have all sinned, none of us measures up to God's standard of perfection for us. And so we all fall short. We have all sinned. And to be even more specific about that, we have all sinned against God. Now, we we sin against each other, but ultimately, our sin is against God. It's His law that we break It's his authority that we rebel against. It's his love that we violate when we sin. And so that means it's not enough to be forgiven by others or to just forgive yourself. The forgiveness we need comes only from God. It's him we've sinned against. We need God's forgiveness. And let me tell you something that is true for every person in this room, starting with me. And that is from the time you were born, the list of your sins has just been piling up like a habitual offender in the justice system. You've got a record of sins a mile long. And the longer you live, the longer that list of sins gets. And you may have tried to justify some of those sins, excuse some of those sins, but they're still there on your record. Maybe you've tried to to compensate for those sins by doing good things, but it's never enough not even to blot out one lousy sin. And to make matters worse, for each of those sins on your record, attached to that sin is a penalty, a punishment. And that punishment is death and hell. We all have a sin problem, and we can't fix it on our own. And some of you are are haunted by that record of sins that you drag around wherever you go. Some of you are ashamed of the sin you're living in now. Some of you feel condemned because of the things you've done in your past. So many of us carry with us this burden of failures, these regrets from yesterday that we Drag into today and tomorrow. And what we need is forgiveness. What we need is forgiveness. So that shame can be lifted. So that condemnation can be removed. So that the burden can be taken from you and your record can be cleared. And and so here's how much Jesus loves you. Listen to this. Though he was innocent and pure and perfect, Jesus took responsibility for all of our sins, for your list of sins, for mine, for those of the whole world, and he took it to the cross. In fact, listen to this statement in Colossians 2.14. The Bible says that the record of charges that stood against us, all of our sins, Jesus took that, and what did he do with it? It says he nailed it to his cross. He suffered and died and took the punishment that we all deserve for our sins when he went to the cross. Isn't that incredible? That's awesome that Jesus would do that for us. Though he was innocent and perfect, he suffered as if he was guilty because he he nailed all of our sins to the cross and paid the full penalty for everyone. He didn't stop short. He went all the way through to death for our sins. And what that means for us is that if we place our faith in him, we can be forgiven. That list of sins can be wiped out forever. Never to be held against us again. We can be free of shame. Free of guilt. Free of that burden of condemnation that we've carried around. Jesus can forgive you and save you, and I'm going to say it plainly, good news, no matter what you've done, you can be forgiven and you can be saved. Today we celebrate that. We rejoice that Jesus loves broken people. We rejoice that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we can be unshackled from the guilt of it all and Be free to live how he created us to live in union with Christ. Uh, One more thing. It's so simple. This is what this day is about. But we can rejoice today that Jesus defeated death. When Jesus died for our sins and he was laid in that tomb, it looked like death had defeated him. It looked like death had won. But on the third day, Jesus took his life back. He began to breathe. His heart began to beat. Jesus resurrected from the dead. And because Jesus defeated death, Listen to this good news. Because Jesus defeated death, he has the power and the right to give you back the life that God created you to have. Because he defeated death, we don't have to be afraid of death. And for a Christian, death means that we're released from this human body to be with him forever. And He'll save you now if you turn from your sin and put your faith in Him alone to save you. You know, when it comes to the resurrection, and I think probably every pastor in the world is saying something like this today because it's so evident, that the thing about the resurrection and this news that Jesus Said, I'm gonna, they're gonna kill me. I'm gonna rise on the third day, and then he did it. And he was seen by 500 or more eyewitnesses after he rose from the dead. And all of their stories lined up and corroborated one another. It's incontrovertible proof that Jesus did what he said he would do he rose from the dead. And if that's true, then this news about the resurrection really demands from everyone a decision. This is one thing in life you can't be neutral about. Because if Jesus actually did it and he rose from the dead, then he is Lord and God and he deserves your surrender and your love and your devotion forever. And so we can't remain neutral. The resurrection of Jesus calls for a decision. And so I want to invite you to make that decision today to turn from your sin and to trust in Jesus. I have to tell you, uh, early this morning, and I'm not a morning person. Our first service is at 8 o'clock. There are morning people there who were just annoyingly awake (laughs) at 8 o'clock in the morning. I have to get up really early because I want to be the most awake person in the room at 8 o'clock. Early this morning, uh, the Lord put something on my heart. Like a burden. And, and it's this. That there are people here today that you, you would have to say, you know, I identify with Mary and the others who were broken. I'm that broken person. Because life has broken your heart circumstances beyond your control have just broken your heart over and over people have turned their back on you and you feel so broken you you just don't know how much more you can take and i just want to be one person today that tells you if you're that broken person Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And He, only He, can take those broken pieces of your life and put you back together and make you something new. Jesus can do that. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to make that decision today. What are you going to do with Jesus if you're lost and without Christ you need to decide I'm gonna give him my life I'm gonna give him all the broken pieces I'm gonna give him everything that I am and trust that his death on the cross his resurrection his love his grace will save me and I'm gonna lead you in in doing that in a moment if you're already a Christian You might be that broken person today. And even though you're here and you're singing along, you're hurting because of something someone has done. You're desperate for some relief, for God to do a new work in your life. I want to challenge you because of what Jesus has done for you. Recommit your life to Him today. Let this be a new beginning A new day for you of following Jesus and serving Jesus and loving Jesus. Amen? All right. Would you just bow your head right where you are and let's go to a time of prayer. And if you're ready to make that decision today, let me help you with what to say. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me help you with what to say. Would you just tell the Lord right now, Lord, I I know I'm a sinner. I admit that. And as a sinner, I deserve death and hell. Just be honest. And then would you express your faith in him? Would you just say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. For my sin. And you rose from the dead to save me. So I'm asking you. Jesus. Will you forgive my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. And save me. As you turn from your sin and turn to him. Just tell him. Jesus I believe. Please save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share. And if you want a pastor to follow up with you regarding today's message, reach out to us at slash follow up. Thanks again for joining us on the First Baptist Church Severeville podcast.